When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, and the Rangers win the Stanley Cup. How nice would that be to hear again? And they have a chance. They are as good as anyone in the NHL. Yes, they lost last night to the Blue Jackets. Uh, I think they get their revenge in a couple of days as they'll welcome the Blue Jackets uh, to the Garden Ice. But the Rangers, who were on a 10-game winning streak, who came out of the All-Star break just absolutely killing it after being kind of Eh, heading in. And after that great start where they were, what was it, 18 and 4? Were kind of a mediocre 500 team for a while and then just caught fire and tied the franchise record for longest win streak at 10. And right now they are seven points up on Carolina in the division. They're, you know, fighting every day. Rempy. I mean, this young kid has come up the six foot whatever monster of a kid's fighting every single game. He's brought energy to the team. He gets the game winning goal off a deflection from the net the other night. I mean, they've really come out with a lot of energy. Igor was particular. You know, Igor was brilliant against the Flyers. Um, you know, they've played a really good brand of hockey, and they haven't really relied so much on their power play the way they were. All year long. I mean, they still obviously scoring power play goals, but it's just felt like, you know, they have the the comeback against the Islanders and the on the Stadium Classic or whatever it is, Stadium Tour or whatever it was. They have that great comeback against the Islanders. They followed up with three more wins, including on the road against two rivals and the Devils and the Flyers. And right now they are. There's no question about it. I think you can put it to rest. You know me, big Yankee guy. We can have the discussion. The New the New York Rangers are the closest team to a championship in this city. They are, considering the seasons right now, consider if Igor can play. And he, he to me, is the key to the season uh, and where they go in the playoffs. Because, yeah, you know, Panarin, you need him to play the same in the regular season that you do in the postseason. And he hasn't been there in the playoffs for them. And he just hasn't. He's been terrific in the regular season. He's come up small time and time again in the playoffs. So, you know, he's a, a, a key to this team, right? And Zabanajad, when, he, when he's scoring goals and he's deadly from that spot in the power play, you know, he's obviously an important piece to this team. Kreider in front of the net, his toughness, his leadership, all important. Fox, who had a bad playoff round, who had a bad playoff series last year, against the Devils was awful in the last couple games of that series. You need him to be who he is and lead the power play and and everything that he brings uh, to the team and how important. He can be one of the best defensemen in the league. But to me, this is all about the goalie. Because, yeah, they they it's nice to get some scoring from your your depth. And they were able to get a they got the game-winning goal from the fourth line the other night. You're looking to get more scoring from that fourth line. Cop, uh, Capo Caco and Lafonier have kind of Lafonier particularly has really taken that next step. Caco looks much more assertive on the ice than he has in his previous years. Looks much more willing to shoot, looking looking to score. Uh, he's really starting to emerge coming back from injury, uh, and you're feeling better about him. Lafonier was a big talk of the, the prior to the season about well, I mean, listen, if he continues to be an effect ineffective, and you know, really the two of them. As a first overall pick and a second overall pick, respectively, between Lafonniere and Capococco, have been so disappointing when you look at Jack Hughes and the way he's been able to develop as the first overall pick for New Jersey or some of the other, you know, big time top picks. I mean, Lafonniere was the draft. I mean, he was the pick. Whoever was going to take that first pick, he was the foregone. Conclu- he was going to be the first pick. He was a stud. It was his draft. And he hasn't really developed. Now, the Rangers do things differently. You know, they they focus on winning. You know, Jack Hughes got a lot more ice time. He was allowed to make mistakes. 
you, know, you can make all the, the different reasons why certain guys develop and why the Rangers have struggled here, but it doesn't change the fact that the Rangers have struggled. But now you're seeing them start to really emerge here and hopefully help this team. I like the scoring. They're doing, you know, this they're they're playing better offensively. The power play is still there, and you know how dangerous it can be with Zabanajad from that spot, Fox running it, and Panarin, you know, doing everything he does. Um, they got the new added element of the of the the toughness and the 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 bully uh, with Rampy and what his ability is to go in there and, and spark a uh, spark a fight and spark the team. So right now, despite the loss to the Blue Jackets, who listen, it's a, it's a tough loss. After they tie the game at two to, you know, have it immediately taken away from them against the, you know, bad Blue Jacket team. But, I mean, how many games in a row are you going to win? How many games in a row can you win, I ask you? But there is no question about it. This team, there's only one thing left to do. There's only one thing left to do. And, you know, I know it really only goes back to the letter that they sent out to the fans when they were going to rebuild. And then, obviously, J.D. gets fired out of nowhere. That was one of the more surprising. I mean, he was brought here to run this team. He's beloved. He seems to be doing a good job. And you feel like the franchise, they come out that letter, they alert the fans that we don't believe in the situation we're in. We're going to break it down. We're going to rebuild. We're going to be you know better for it. And they're in that process, and they fire him and let Drury take over. And Drury's done a good job. I know it feels like it goes back to there. I can't go back previous. But it, for me, it just feels like it goes back to 2012. Goes back to 2012 when they had that great season. When Tortorella and that team with Callahan emerging as the captain and the shot blocking and that group of guys, the Callahans, uh, the Stepons, like that, that group. Like since then, they've played in so many damn playoff games. Every every stinking series went seven. I remember Ottawa. The they were. I think they had the best record. In, they they had the best record in the East for sure. I think they were the one seed that year in 2012, and they had this knock them out, drag them out seven game series against the Ottawa Senators. Like it just who who were the eighth seed or whatever. Like so, it's just like they played so many playoff games, and every year they would at least win a series, and they were, you know, they went to the Cup Finals. And there's only one thing left to do for this team. There's only one thing left to do. And that's go win a freaking cup. And they have the opportunity to do it. And if Igor can be the way he was the other night, holding off the Flyers, then this team can do it. This team can do it. I'm excited. I'm ex- I can't tell you how excited I am about the New York Rangers. I feel really good about them. I feel really, I mean, how could you not? They just won 10 games in a row. I know, you know, the the afternoon drive show is having some fun with it. Nevin, I saw again, he, you know, predicted they would lose the series and he nailed it great. Congratulations, you long-haired bum. But honestly, I mean, let's be honest, what team? I, I, I like where the Yankees are right now. Sure. I think the Jets with Aaron Rodgers is calling me crazy. I understand everything else that's going on with that franchise. I think Aaron Rodgers with, with uh, Garrett Wilson... And an offensive coordinator he's won MVPs with as long as he's healthy. And that defense, I think the Jets can be a dangerous football team. But they still have to deal with Patrick Mahomes. They still have to deal with Joe Burrow coming back and being healthy. They still have to deal, you know, now I would imagine the Chargers are going to be a much better team. So, I mean, they're going to have a lot. You know, there's a lot of competition. And not that there's not a lot of competition in hockey, but if you have that goalie, you have that power play. Right now, the Rangers are a Stanley Cup contender. And how sweet it would be. And and to pair it with the Knicks, who right now are just not at, at full. They're just they're not at full. They just they have too many injuries. They, it's just they're not full goal. The Celtics are just far too good for them. The Celtics, who are clearly the best team in the East, probably, arguably the best team in basketball, they're just too good. And you're not going to take on the Boston Celtics without Randall, without OG, and be able to compete. You just can't. But when they get everybody healthy, as long as they, you know, they're trying to float, uh, you know, stay afloat here. Uh, They came out, they took it to Philadelphia. They just a good matchup against Philly. Obviously, they're banged up as well. But they've taken uh, Philadelphia out back to the woodshed a couple times this year. Um, 
you know, they're just trying to float. But we could see it would be a fun spring around here. You know, the Yankees undefeated through April into early May, the first team in history to do so, plus obviously the the Knicks and Rangers heading into the playoffs. I mean, that would be fun. Be a fun spring. And hey, it is thir- it's the thirty year anniversary of nineteen ninety four. Crazier things have happened. 877-337-6666. So I mentioned, I just wanted to say this real quick because I want to congratulate my son. Uh, he is now a yellow belt in Taekwondo. He, got a, he tested today, and it was my first experience of the nerve-wracking, like, because, he, you know, he really wants to do it. It's not, you know, crazy difficult. We knew he would pass. He had all the stuff down. But it was the first, like, you know, he's played sports, obviously. He's played basketball. He's currently playing basketball. So he plays basketball. He's played T-ball. This year is going to be instructional, whatever that means. I don't know. I guess the coach's pitch. I don't know. He's played soccer. And while I watch and we have fun and I root for him and I try and help him and everything, it's not really been intense or any sort of real, like, watching with any sort of real, you know, inf- you know, nervousness. And this was the first time I had it as a dad. This was the first time watching something, like, nervous he was going to. Because it's just, you know, it's moves. It's not like you got to know your things. They, they, they shout out what you do. You have to do it. He had, like, this whole routine that he had to go through with the low block, high block, mid punch, high punch, low punch, step, turn, twist. I don't know. I don't know. But it was the first time, like, I really had that nervousness as a father watching your son try to accomplish something. It was the first time. Because I've seen him play sports, but there's no pressure on it. No, they don't even keep score, really. I'm yet to even have, I'm yet to even really be, have him on a team where they kept score, like, seriously. He was undefeated at T-Ball. God bless his heart, he believes that. <laughs> it's, it's he just they would play the game he would wait for his coach to sell him if they won or not now you know the coach would always go and again we won and the coach always jokes he's an undefeated you know he's an undefeated t-ball coach my buddy brian but like he would just wait for the end of the games to find out if find out if he won like you know like that. and then the coach would say one he believed him same thing with soccer. I think they, they had a terrible team this year. They lost like every single game, but he didn't care. Like he they didn't even know the score. He just knew it was a lot to a little. But this was the first time where and it's a packed thing. Like there's a million parents in the room. It was standing room only. We're all taking photos. Then he's got to break the 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 wooden board. You know, I'm I'm assuming that's the one thing I know. He's a pretty strong kid. So I had no fear about the breaking the wood board, but still it's just all nerve wracking. What if he fails? He'll be devastated. So I had my first real glimpse of what it's going to be like watching him do things and go through this parenting thing where there's actually some like nerves to it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. It was like it was like watching a Yankee playoff game, which I do love, but uh, it's it's different when it's your kid. Were you a uh, – I saw you put the headphones on. Uh, did you take any sort of karate, taekwondo? Oh me? No, absolutely not. No, no. I I was not the kid that was uh, hitting, breaking the wood block. Yeah, half. yeah, that, that, yeah, no, that wasn't me. That looked that looked fun. And then like they, you know, he's obviously a white belt. He's just started a few months ago, not even. Um, but then they had the black belts, and they, you know, they were breaking two, three boards at the end. Yeah, those guys are crazy. And their routines were much. I mean, but kids. I mean, you know, young kids. I think they had like other groups with older, uh, you know, older. People uh, later, older, I'm trying to think of a word for a student, older students uh, later. But the young kids, I mean, the oldest kid must have been, I don't know, maybe 14 or 15 years old. And they have these black belts and they're breaking like six boards at once. Not, you know, like first punch, then roundhouse kick, then this like. And they got people like backing up the people holding the boards. (laughs) The guy's holding a board and then there's like a person behind him pushing on his shoulder to make sure he doesn't get pushed back or hurt, trip. I don't know. But the place was packed. And he's it's just it was only one other white belt. So it's like him and just one other kid doing this like, I don't know, 45 second to a minute floor plan where he's like, you know, spinning left, right, punch, high. And it was very nerve wracking. I didn't like it at all. That was my first experience with it. 
Soccer's easy. No one cares. T-ball is the, is the absolute worst. I remember talking to um, Craig about T-ball when I first told him, you know, I was working on the show when, when my, my son first signed up for T-ball. He's like, oh, T-ball's the worst. You're going to hate it. And he was 100% right. T-ball is, I mean, listen, I love coaching it. I love being around the kids. They're enthusiastic. But they don't listen. They don't care. We don't even count outs. I mean, you're lucky if you get the ball thrown to first base. You're lucky. Ground ball, right? I mean, and, and then the kids fight over the ball. It's, it's the absolute worst. Nobody sticks at their position. The ball hits the ground. Everybody runs and dives on the ball. And then they're more proud to just show you they got the ball. They put it up in the air like, I got it. Like, yeah, no, then you just fought your teammate for it. And now, you know, the kid's been standing at first base for 25 seconds. Just throw it over there. And that's the other thing. Then we make them go through the motions of throwing the ball at first, and then the ball rolls past the first baseman. You're like, why did we even have them throw it? The kid's been standing on first base. You hit it and ran to first base. Like, it happened 20 minutes ago. You guys have been fighting over the ball. And now, I, oh, yeah, throw to first, throw to first, throw to first. The first baseman's, like, you know, picking dandelions. Has no idea a ball's even coming. We've only done it 35 times today, Ted. 35 times. When the ball's hit, they're going to throw it to you, buddy. Who wants to play first base? I do, I do, I do. Then they get there. They have no idea. Yeah, T-ball. T-ball's tough. T-ball's tough. And it makes me wonder. Like I'm, I was like, I don't know if like, it's good to build an excitement for baseball, almost. Like, it's so slow and so. And, like, I don't know if my kids are going to. Like, at least soccer, they run around. You know, T-ball, they stand there until they fight for a ground ball, and then they throw it, and it, it just takes forever. At least soccer, even if they're not good, you run around, you chase the ball. You kick it a couple times, you play goalie, you try and stop. Like, there's at least some enthusiasm. T-Boy just sitting there, they're like laying back, especially, and then you get like the hot days, and they're just like, you get a bunch of six-year-olds, no interest in playing the game. It's the worst. It's the worst. God bless them. I love them. T-Boy, and I love T-Boy, and I'm going to make them play baseball. He's excited to play baseball this year. I don't whatever instructional means, but... And I'll try and I'm going to assist and coach this year. Try and do my best. But if it's anything like the Taekwondo, I don't know if I'm in. I'm getting in over my head. You guys know what it's like. I'm sure many of you know what it's like. You get in there. You gotta, you're got nervous for your kid's success. I haven't felt that. Today was the first. Yesterday was the first day that I was nervous to watch my son try to accomplish. I mean, I, he did the, he's done like a couple of things like kindergarten, graduation. They sing songs. But that doesn't, like, you know. What's the worst that happens? He's out of tune or he's he's like a he's like two words behind everybody. Like, eh, there's no pressure. This was like the first real he's being graded on something. There's pressure. He could fail. Like there's a test. For the for the entire like 50 people to see. And I'm not sure how I'm I'm not sure how I'm handling it still. It was a very difficult day. Thank you for your sympathy. 877-337-6666. All right. Rangers, you tell me. I mean, I know it's the, the same old question we've asked a bunch of times, but now it's it's getting close. And the Rangers have won 10 in a row, and we've gotten to see our baseball teams a little bit. And Juan Soto's a Yankee. We got the, uh, the combine starting this week. You know Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. I think right now you have to be a fool to not say the. I think the Rangers have a legitimate chance at the Cup. Let's get a championship this year. What do you say? 877-337-6666. McMonagle with you. When we come back, another angle to the Juan Soto stuff that just drives me nuts, and it reemerged today right here on this station, and it drives me absolutely crazy. It could not be further from the truth. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. So Peter King is going to retire. Peter Peter King? Yes, the great Peter King is retiring from Monday morning quarterback. He said he's not sure what he's going to do. 
He's going to, you know, he's putting uh, retirement in parentheses. He's not going to do that anymore, but he still may do something. But, I mean, Peter King, who's been around forever, covering the NFL, one of the, you know, premier voices covering the NFL for a long time now. His Monday morning quarterback is, you know, a huge deal. He is stepping away. I just saw that. Like, he he wrote the article uh, for today, and he re- he put it out at twelve twenty six a.m. It's a news. That's a it's a Monday morning news drop there from Peter King. So we were we'll miss you, Pete. I mean, you know, we all know him from Peter King, and he was on a lot when I, I got to you know talk to him a few times when I was working with uh, uh, Maggie Gray. Uh, she had a relationship with him going back to uh, Sports Illustrated. So he was on a lot. So that's I got to speak to him more during that time frame. But obviously, great NFL writer, prominent voice, calling it quits. Congratulations on a wonderful career. 877-337-6666. James in Philly. What's up, James? What's up, Big Mac? What's up, buddy? I have a couple. Okay. I'm, I'm very yeah. happy you bringing up the little league stuff. Yes, you're, you're you're the good man. I have an idea that I've said for ages to my kid who's now 20. Okay, you got to go out on that field, all right? You got to bring a spray paint can. Okay, and you got to spray paint a circle in each infield position. Mm-hmm. All right, keep them in their spaces. God bless your heart, James. I mean, the idea you think that would work. Well, Do yeah. I, I have to no? Can I? I, I, I need a cylinder I of some kind. I need I, if if you if you uh, maybe like a. F- <laughs> Put him back on. I think it was a mistake. Hello. I'll save another one. Can uh, I give a little bit more. You there? You still there? They're going to be okay if they ever get a pitcher. If yeah. these kids hit, if the kids hit, they're going to trade some of these other guys, and they're going to let the kids play. It's the same I mean, moment. Yeah, I, I, in, I the know. Well, in the best way. Well, in the best way. Um, Listen, I'm 50. I got 86. Yeah, Listen, God bless it's, you. It's 81 and 81. Pray for it. Everything else is a bonus. Oh, you see, that's a terrible way to look at it. Not with your new owner. Nah, now with Steve nah. Cohen, you don't look at 81 and 81. Everything else is a bonus. What are you kidding Until me? Some, I know, but you got to break it down to that. No, you don't. Listen, you don't. You, what are you going to do? Go out there and sign a pitcher and try and win. All the time. I live here. I go up to the I, – I understand, but this is what it is. Until something happens, it yeah, makes life yeah. better. I, 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 James, I hate, I hate your mindset. Hate it. Too many Met fans have that mindset. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. I know it's about winning. It's such a – it's such a unique thing, man. Like, when <sighs> – like and I heard I heard uh, KFC on with uh, Geo too, uh, or at least, uh, to, to be fair, I didn't I didn't hear the whole thing. I heard you know the little clip or whatever. But like the idea that we should still be measuring this and what Steve Cohen's doing against what the Wilpons did, and hey, remember how bad it was? Yeah, you know what? We need to move past that. Steve Cohen can't just be measured against the Wilpons forever. He's got to be measured against one his peers. And to himself. And listen, I'm not saying he hasn't spent money on, and he has. He clearly had the highest payroll in the history of baseball last year. He spent money, but the idea that somehow the Met fans had lent, latched onto this theory that, hey, he tried spending money, it didn't work. He tried it. What do you want him to do? He was willing to spend the money, he gave money to Scherzer, he gave money. To Verlander. He gave money out there. He paid people. What do you, I mean, it didn't work. So now he's trying something do, new. Can you give him a break? Can you let him, let David Stearns uh, see it through? And maybe this new style will lead us to the promised land? And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. I get it. I get it. This franchise has, has built a poor organization over the course of the years, no doubt. Right, despite the fact that they have a bunch of guys from the farm system, you know, that are on the team, Alonzo, McNeil, Lind- um, Nimmo, now Alvarez, 
and Beatty and Vientos, like a lot of the major league team is actually, you know, from the farm system. But if you look at it, since, I don't know, the last 10, 15 years, no team has drafted um, more players that never made the major league team. So they, they, they've they drafted a bunch of people who never – their percentage of draft picks making it to the major leagues is worse than any team in baseball. So I get it. And they haven't really been able to develop pitching. Uh, they've they've struggled here, and you want to rebuild the organization. Fine, right? And Stearns comes from a mid-market Milwaukee. He's got a way to do it. Sure, you'll, splash, you'll mix in the splashes, as he talked about today during the broadcast. But it's about setting the, the franchise on stable ground. Fine. But there are moves for this year that don't impact that plan. Like they don't. You, again, I challenge anyone. I challenge you. Explain to me how signing Montgomery impacts the Mets plan. Tell me how that's a bad thing. And I don't care about the money he spent. Like, you, if you want to tell me, wow, he ate Verlander's contract. Wow, he ate Scherzer's contract. And he did it for prospects. I mean, what a wonderful move. I agree. But it lessens a little bit when it hampers you from building a team this year. Like, he's supposed to eat that and keep going. It's supposed to be like Pac-Man. You eat the bubbles, but you keep going. You don't eat one and then sit sit down and, and let it digest. You keep going. So, it's yeah, it's great that he's able to eat those contracts. No other owner in baseball would do it, right? The Yankee fans are clamoring for the Yankees to eat Giancarlo Stan's contract. Just eat it. Be done with it. He's not going to do it. Now, it's not the same length necessarily, but still, they ain't – they ate bad contracts, and they did it And to buy prospects. It's a brilliant move. And, yes, you get the prospects, but it's less of a brilliant move if it hampers you from putting a good product on the field this year. If you're going to tell me, well, he's already got money into Scherzer, he's got money into Verlander, well, that great. You bought prospects, great. You still have to field a team this year and a rotation this year. And I like Severino, and I hope he bounces back. And if he does, you are looking at a legitimate number two starter. But <laughs> I mean, it's been years. And even if he pitches that well, it's been years since he's been able to stay healthy and pitch that well. Like, I mean, you want to talk about taking a, a, a you know, a crapshoot, as we like to talk, call the playoffs a crapshoot. Severino is a crapshoot. Manaya is a crapshoot. You're already down Sanga. Go out there and get a starting pitcher. His market is collapsing. I'm, I'm, I, I don't care. I don't care how repetitive I sound. I'm going to say this every day. Every single show I'm going to say, why aren't the Mets signing Montgomery? Till he either goes somewhere else, they do it, or whatever. The, I'm going to say it every stinking day. I don't get it. Go sign Montgomery. Oh, but you, you say something about the Yankees and the luxury tax. You don't say it about the Mets. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Because he has more money, and the Yankees can at least look you in the face and say, hey, we got a generational talent in Juan Soto. We got Verdugo. We 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 fixed the offense a little. You know, we did do something. We did sign Marcus Stroman. We have a $300 million payroll. Last year I signed, you know, last year I signed Carlos Rodon. I paid Judge $360 million. At least Rodon's still on the team. Oh, yeah, well, the Mets paid money for pitching, too. They paid Verlander and Scherzer to go away. Yeah, they're not here. And that's fine. I love the move, but you got to have – you got to build a team here. And as I've said over and over, when, when these guys look, you want to talk about, you know, oh, yeah, Soto. Mm-hmm. Again, I heard Randy Miller. And I got something else I want to talk about what Randy Miller said, had to say. Uh, against, uh, you know, covers the the Yankees for uh, NJ.com. He was on with Ricky Ricardo earlier yesterday on Sunday. Yeah, okay. They have the money, sure. Juan Soto's going to ask for the moon and stars, no doubt, and the Mets have the money to provide it, unlike any other. Now, I think the Yankees can provide the money he's looking for, but there's no question they get into a bidding war, Steve Cohen's going to win, right? Fine. He's going to win. He's going to send more money. We have now seen back two-back seasons. Now, you want to say Judge is unique because it's the Yankees. He went back to his team. Fine, whatever. But we have seen back-to-back seasons 
where the high-priced free agent has turned down the most money to go where he wanted to go. Judge turned down more money from San Diego to continue to be a Yankee. And now we found out with the report last week that Yamamoto turned down more money from Philadelphia to be a Dodger. You not only have to have the biggest check, you have to have a product to sell. And if Juan Soto is playing playoff baseball in the Bronx, do you honestly believe for $20 million more million, for $30 million more million, he's going to want to go to a place that's been a ghost town for two years in Queens? Do you really believe that? Yes, he'll, he'll write the biggest check. It takes more than that. We've seen it back-to-back seasons. It takes more than that. It takes a product to sell. It's like the NBA. you got to sell your team. It's not just the money. He'll, they'll find the money. Soto's going to get paid from somebody. Just being able to offer him a little bit more doesn't do it. I hate the idea that they're going to pass on this year. I hate it. I despise it. And that's and don't make no mistake. I was in I was in here arguing with uh, Evan on Wednesday. I filled in for Sal uh, with BT, and then I hung out afterwards, said hello to my buddies I haven't seen in a while. Hung out with Evan for a minute, was talking to him, and he had a problem with the term punting. Because I've I've said I guess at the moment Lou Gower was saying the Mets are punting on this season, and I stand by those words. All right, yeah, sure. They're trying to do it nice. They're trying to, you know, cough and corner the kick. They're not blindly punting. They're punting with, you know, purpose. But that's exactly what they're doing. You know, signing his, you know, the argument, oh, they wouldn't have signed anybody. Why why give Severino $13 million if you just want to lose? Well, you have, you have to put, yeah, they spent some money on the season. They They don't care about winning. This year, they don't care at all about it. That's punting to me. They don't care about winning. They're punting it. Maybe there's a maybe they muff the kick and you recover it. Sure, okay, sure. Maybe there's a great chance for the, the team to have a great year. But you are, it's, I just don't understand it. And Montgomery is just sitting there. Stuart in Brooklyn, what's up, Stu Pot? As usual, I agree with everything you said. As usual. Well, that's yeah. because I'm so damn smart. That's right. See, Mac, they, they are punting. <clears throat> they don't care about this year. 100%. If, if they cared about this year, they would have gone out and signed Snell or Montgomery. Well, so even Snell, I understand, because it comes with two picks, right? So even that, I'll give them. I'm being I'm being very generous. I'm bending over backwards to accommodate the Mets here. They don't want to trade for Juan Soto because it's not in. They're not in uh, giving up prospects. They're in acquiring prospects mode. Fine, makes sense to me. Don't trade for Soto. You could pay him next year. Fine. Oh, you don't Snell. Snell comes with a with the tax hold with the luxury tax threshold they're at. It costs a second round pick and a fifth round pick. I get it. Right now, again, they don't want to be trading away picks for and for Snell, who's thirty one years old and has been inconsistent even win, winning Cy Youngs. Fine, makes sense to me. Montgomery doesn't come with any of that. He's just hitting his prime. He's a left handed hitting uh, left handed hitting left handed pitching. 30-year-old kid who's, like, just about to take off. Like, it makes makes no sense not to go sign him. No, you know, uh, uh, can we classify them the second coming of the Wilpons? I don't know. No, I but, think I think that's a bit much. I mean, listen, no, that's a bit much, but they offered $325 million to Yamamoto. The Wilpons yeah, wouldn't have been anywhere. When, when Otani did, did that with that contract that he got, when he deferred $680 million, Yamamoto was a Dodger. Even before you even thought of anything else, right. he was going to be a Dodger. Because they could slot his salary in, and it would be okay. It would be fine. They, they're crazy with their money, the Dodgers. They go, they go absolutely berserk. Yeah. They'll do anything and everything to get everybody. Uh, the Dodgers remind me of a little bit of George. A little bit like George for one reason. They'll go out and buy anyone to make a winner. And what have they won since 1988? One championship in a in a that short championship. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't go as far as to say fraud, but in a shortened season. Yeah, but and, but does that really count? That wasn't yes. 162 games. No. no, it wasn't, but it counts. Yeah, it counts in a way. Whatever. Of course it does. Yeah, but the the Yankees they they did a lot. Yeah, you got you got to give it to them. They they got Verdugo, they got Stroman, and they got Soto. Yeah, but. 
here's the caveat. They have to sign solo. They do. They have to. And the thing is, what are you hearing about? Um, somebody told me something about the Yankees are not dumb and they might get snow. But I don't know if that's going to happen because, yeah. like you said, they're not. Yeah, no, I don't know who told you that. I disagree. They're done. They're not getting snow. They're not getting snow. And I, th- I feel like Hal Steinbrenner pretty much told you so. Like, this is the Yankees believe this is all in. There's no doubt in my mind. The Yankees believe this is all in. It's $300 million. They're over the last luxury tax threshold. They've given as much as they think that this should be enough, and they're not wrong. How's not wrong? $300 million over the the final luxury tax where every dollar is double. That should be good enough to win. You should be able to field a team for $300 million that's good enough to win the World Series. You shouldn't have to do more than that. If you are doing more than that, it means you've made mistakes along the way and have done it incorrectly, which, again, Brian Cashman has made over the last two years. My major argument with Brian Cashman is just over the course of his career, I think he's been a a huge positive, and I don't think that he's clueless and that he can no longer do the job. That doesn't mean he hasn't made mistakes over the last two years. He's made a bunch of them. He's made more bad moves than good moves. And I would have been willing to move on from him. The Yankees didn't. And I still think he's damn good at what he'd do. And I have every confidence that he'll now turn around and start making good moves. As much as I would think anybody else would come in and make good moves. But, yeah. This roster with Stanton's money and some of the, the, obviously, Rodon. Now, if Rodon Rodon pitches the way he's capable of pitching the way he did, now you feel a lot better about that contract. And you feel like, wow, you know what? The Yankees are all in. They gave $160 million to one of the best pitchers in baseball and Carlos Rodon. Right now, he's a bum who barely pitched, and when he did, he was awful. So it seems like what a waste of $160 million. And that still might be the case, or it might be, hey, at least that money went towards a pitcher who's helping us win. One way or the other, we're going to find out. But Hal Steinbrenner believes they are all in at $300 million. That's his – I, I honestly don't – I believe that he doesn't understand why you think he should do more. Like he's going to look around baseball and go, who else is doing this? One or two teams? And again, we just mentioned, yeah, the Dodgers win 100 games every year. The Dodgers have won one championship since 1988. One. They've been to a couple World Series. They've won one championship since nineteen since nineteen eighty eight. He's spending more. He's spending more money than the teams who are doing it better. He's spending a lot more money in Tampa Bay. He's spending a lot more money than Houston. He's spending more money than Atlanta. He's spending more money than Texas. He's spending more money than the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's spending more money than the teams that have gotten farther than him. And he looks at this and went and goes, "I just got you." Juan Soto. I added Verdugo. I dramatically, we dramatically changed the offense. And now I'm over the luxury tax that they built for the richest man in baseball. I'm over it. And you expect me to go sign Snell and pay $60, $70 million this year for one pitcher? After I just saw what one pitcher can do in Carlos Rodon for 150? No thanks. How do I know what I get? And it doesn't guarantee me anything. He, this is all in for Al Steinbrenner. He is not adding any money. Now, could, I, again, is there, a, is there a world where Snell takes a contract the Yankees could live with? I suppose. But I don't believe for a second he would. And just because Bellinger did, like that's the other thing. People are going to see this contract from Bellinger and go, wow, $80 million for three years. Maybe they could work something out like that. A, 20, a $26, 27000000 million, you know, Price tag for Snell is maybe palatable. Maybe you're willing to spend $50 million on him for one year as opposed to 60, 70. I, I don't see it, but okay, at least it's plausible, right? No. One, I'll have to see it before I believe it that Snell would take that contract. There's a couple differences. One, and mainly, Bellinger is 28 years old. If Bellinger has another monster year, he hits the free agent market at 29 years old, which is still typically at least a year younger than most free agents hit the market. Snell is 31. Snell is 31. Snell is a pitcher who gets hurt more. Uh, and pitchers just naturally get hurt more. It's much, uh, if, you know, Bellinger probably feels good going back to Chicago, 
going back to a place he just had his, his resurgence season, thinks he'll probably you know continue to do well in that ballpark with that team and feels confident he'll have another similar season and then attack the market next year and see what see where the market is as opposed to kind of the lull it, it, it turned out to be this year. Where Snell, he's coming off a of Cy Young. There's no way he's just as good. There's no way he's gonna have a, a he's gonna have a lesser year. And now he's gonna hit the free agent market at 32, not off a of Cy Young season. So like, I'd be very surprised. I'd be very surprised if Snell would be willing to take that kind of deal and and trust in himself and then hit the. He wants to get paid. I don't blame him. He's gonna want a longer term deal. He's gonna want bigger guaranteed money. So I just I don't see it. And even if they did do that, even if he would take this, you know, this really a one year deal, a three year deal that's really a one year deal with opt outs, I don't think he'd be willing to do it. And even if he did, would the Yankees be willing to pay him fifty million dollars this year? I just I don't see it. I don't see it. I think they're done. And then you look at the trade market, and really Dylan Cease is the only one that with any kind of buzz around the trade market at all. Haven't heard Bieber connected to anyone out of Cleveland. So Chicago is the only one, and the rumor is, same as Milwaukee, they are insisting in Spencer Jones, six foot seven, left-handed swinging, top prospect, Mister. I just hit a four hundred and seventy foot home run in in spring training in my first at bat as a Yankee in Major League Camp. That Spencer Jones is going to be insisted in a deal for Cease. And I just the Yankees aren't going to do it, especially with the the premise of losing Soto at the end of the season and needing that young outfielder. Yeah, they're going to have the Martian and Jason Dominguez come back. Hopefully, it sounds like earlier than than later, but like they might need him to play outfield over the next. And plus, just the market value. Dylan Cease has, has had one monster year. He has proven to be nothing other than you know a decent starting pitcher with controllable. You know, with a controllable contract and a guy who throws 180 innings, which is valuable. But I just don't know if I can give – I certainly couldn't give him up for a rental in Burns. I don't know if I can give him up for a pitcher like Cease. If he was as good as Burns with the extra year of control, maybe. At the price tag he's getting paid, maybe. But I can't do it for a pitcher who's got a – you know, had a four-year A last year. Can't do it. Can't do it, won't do it. And the Yankees won't do it. So despite what Brian Cashman tells you – Pencils are down. Hand in your scantrons. That's it. It's over. And hopefully it's good enough. Now, they'll attack it at the trade deadline. Don't get me wrong. You'll pick the pencils back up come July and August, but it's over. This is the Yankee team. And what you saw, I mean, I think you're going to see the lineup with Soto in front of Judge be devastatingly good. I think it's going to be the most fun and the best offensive team the Yankees have had in a long time. The most consistent, the most balanced, the fewest strikeouts, the best on base percentage. Like I, I think it's going to be a fun offensive year, and I trust the bullpen to be pretty good. You know, Clay Holmes is not someone; he's not Mariano Rivera. There are a few who are. In fact, there's just one. But I think he's still a pretty damn good reliever. I think they'll figure out the relief, the the pen. They always do. It's the rotation, and they're not adding to it. So we saw Rodon yesterday. He looked great. He's throwing the ball 96 miles an hour. He's in tremendous shape. He looks like a completely different person, but we have no idea. No idea. Nesta Cortez, hopefully he's healthy. No idea. Clark Schmidt, can he bounce? Can he have another positive step in his career? I have no idea. Marcus Stroman has thrown 140 innings over the last two years. Can he throw 180? And pitch like he was the first pitch, like the first half pitcher he was last year, which was one of the best in the National League. I have no idea. We have no idea. The only one we know is Garrett Cole. That's it. That's the only known on the pitching staff. But hey, I don't care. It's good enough to win. They, every, everything has to come up, uh, you know, up, uh, in the affirmative on a lot of those things. But I firmly believe this team is good enough to win. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. McMonagle here with you on the fan. I got you all the way to 5 o'clock and the warm-up show. Again, one aspect of the money for Soto that I keep hearing that someone else, again, sent me that there was audio today with uh, uh, with Ricky Ricardo on the fan yesterday morning, and I just I don't understand the thought process. 
When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. So St. John's and Rick Pitino coming off that disastrous postgame last week where he just, you know, coming off an embarrassing loss, blowing a, a monster lead against Seton Hall, just had one of the worst press conferences ever. I, I, just, I thought he was just ridiculous. I mean, we, we, we went over it, all the different how unhappy he is, how miserable the team is, how slow and unathletic they are. Uh, you know, they're the complete antithesis of all the kinds of things that he likes to have about his team, and he's never been un, he's never been more unhappy coaching them. Like it was just it was a bit much. Well, today I guess he gets a little bit of a, a gloating session as he wore his all his vintage all white suit. That I really only remember with Louisville. I, did he? I, you know, again, I don't, I don't remember if he did it before that. I don't. I don't remember every time he was on the sideline for every team. I don't remember it in the NBA certainly, but um, or even with uh, the Wildcats. I don't know if he did it with Kentucky or not. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So he's wearing the white suit, and they stun Creighton. They have a forty-one to twenty-eight first half lead. They hold on to it and win eighty to sixty-six. Their first win against a ranked opponent. As they beat the the sixteen ranked uh, the fifteenth ranked Creighton Blue Jays, eighty to sixty six, and of course, hey, now what does he get to say? What does he get to say? Well, you know, I did it with a purpose to rattle some cages. I even saw him on the court, and I was looking for this audio, couldn't find it. You know, this is the tightest group I've ever had going back to Providence. Like these guys, oh, between us and the coaches, we're the tightest group. You're the tightest group. You threw the whole team under the bus last week. You guys are tight. But when you come off of that and you go out there and you win your first game against a ranked opponent, he's going to get to say it. He's going to say, hey, look, I was trying to rattle their cages, as he is saying. You know, maybe he did say at least, at the very least, that he, it might have come off a little bit much. I did apologize right away. You make a mistake, you move on. But I was trying to get them to play like this. So, every, oh, of course, but he nailed it. He knew exactly what his team needed. And it's hard to argue. They won the game, so I'm not going to you know, kill him. But, again, that press conference was still ridiculous. I don't care if they won this game by 30. I don't care if they figure out a way, you know, unless it leads them to a Final Four. Like, I just have a tough time with that press conference. Man, that was an awful press conference. But now he gets the gloat about it. He has the best win of the year. Um, you know, they'll. Pro- I think they have three games left. You you got to win the the remaining three games and then win a couple games in these. You know, win two or three games, maybe even more. I don't know. You got to go on a run in the Big East tournament. If you win the next three with this Creighton win, maybe there's a chance where you don't have to win the tournament. But but got to win a couple games to get into the NCAA tournament, which will be around the corner, which is fun. Looking forward to it. This is going to be the first time I've already made plans. I'm so excited. It, for years, since 2007, since I started working here, you can't take off during the tournament. Yes, we had the very famous Mike Francesa pizza parties on Thursday. Mike would Mike would order a ton of pizza, and we still carried it on um, after Mike left. Uh, I forget who you know who was responsible. I think Spike bought it one year since he's been here. One of the years it was you know Spike and the company, I guess you know whatever. But um, but famously, yeah, every Thursday, the first day of the tournament, Mike would buy a bunch of pizzas. I, we'd have to go, you know, get them, and then we'd have to hide them to make sure people didn't eat them before the game started, and make sure all the, you know, the people come out of the woodwork who smell pizza. It's amazing. It's like a cartoon. It really is. I found very, very few times in life do you re- do you think that real life is like cartoons. The only thing that's really like cartoons, and I swear this is true, having worked in an office who occasionally would get food, and then obviously Mike would do the pizza, and then Craig, forget it, Craig would get food from every which way is up. You know, you'd be getting. Deli meat one day, you'd be getting bagels the next. You'd be getting, you know, for everything from you. I'm surprised I didn't walk in one day to a big plate of goulash. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised. 
Here's borscht. You ever have borscht, Chris? Uh, you're born in beet soup? No, I, I never had it. But, like, anything was possible, Craig. But the one thing that is absolutely true, that a cartoon nailed 100%, is that that, food, that smell of food wafts into the corners of a room, a building, and, like... That, you know, that where it goes into someone's nostril and suddenly their eyes close and they're like on their tippy toes and the food smell just like leads them to where it is. That's real. That is, that's not a cartoon. That is 100% act. That is not, that is no lie right there. Because I've seen people who do, I've never seen work here in my life. Never once stepped out into that newsroom, never once came by. I never ran into them in the bathroom, never ran into them making coffee, never ran into them doing anything. Pizza's there. There they are in line with a plate. There is no doubt about it. You want to meet someone, put a free pizza out and just sit there and wait. They'll come. They'll come. But this is the first time in a long time, really, I mean, again, 16, 17 years, that I'm going to be able to watch the games on Friday at least and enjoy myself. Both days, you know, I'll be on Thursday. I do have to prepare for the Friday show at Friday night, and I do need my sleep. But Friday, my weekend starts at 5 a.m., and I am already made plans. I'm going to hang out with my buddies in Westchester at a bar. I'm going to enjoy my uh, Friday. Now, I know it's also a very popular uh, time period for vasectomies. I haven't thought about that just yet. Although, it's not, it's not a crazy idea. But apparently, that's, that's something Craig introduced me to. And it's 100% accurate. I looked it up. The most popular time for men to have, visect- to have vasectomies is during the NCAA tournament. So they could just sit and watch basketball and take off from work. And you know, wa- how, how could you get on your husband? You gotta, he gets a couple days. There's just no doubt about it. I need you to clean out the attic. What are you, nuts? Because I'm not anymore. 877, see what I did there? 877-337-6666. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And, of course, you know, well, now maybe St. John's got a chance ever since, you know, Rick Pitino rallied the troops, that brilliant Rick Pitino. And normally I would agree with that statement, but he, he kind of annoyed me the other day. So now I'm saying it sarcastically. That brilliant Rick Pitino knew exactly how to get his team. All he had to do was throw them under the bus and watch them come back.